When you hopscotch around your creative playground, you got to invite your heart to feel and your gut to lead. If you truly love and believe in your work or your projects or your dreams or your visions, there is no excuse to be doing anything else. Even when you flounder and feel overwhelmed, keep your eyes upon the infinite sky. You'll soon rise like the phoenix on turbo boost and motherfucking slam dunk your troubles into the sun. May the sacredness of your work bring healing, light, and renewal to those who work with you and those who see and receive your work. That last part is John O'Donohue. I am Heath Armstrong, and this is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. Why you letting conformity slam you up the butt? You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon. While your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, make it milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack what you're thinking Fuck no, you'll never stop peeking Hi-da-ho! Ladies, gents, boys, girls All colors all shapes, all sizes, all genders. I love you all, and I am very happy that you're joining me today. I got a lot to talk about, but this is part one of a three-part series called How to Get High Without Using Drugs, and how to use that type of highness to expand your creative mind and, and your really your ability to play with the universe. Now, this podcast is called Never Stop Peaking for a reason, because we want to strive to have constant experience and to have constant growth. But these experiences and this growth do not have to piggyback off of mind-altering substances or drugs. We don't need to bring something external into our system just to experience the expansion of consciousness that we're seeking. And that's why this podcast is so important because for people that have had addiction issues, like me, I have a very addicted personality. Going hard into drugs is not necessarily a great thing. It's not just going to be this initial, oh, I've expanded and seen the universe thing. It can be very crippling. It can really let bad energies in and it can become something that you become very dependent on. And it's scary and lots of people struggle with this which is why I put together this podcast. This is a three-part series. You can get the entire blog post at heatharmstrong.com forward slash get high and share it with everyone because it's quite, it's quite informative. And it's all these different things that I've experienced to be able to expand my consciousness, to have new experience, to increase my creativity, right? All without using drugs. So let's get right into it. 
All of uh, this is brought to you by the Sweet Ass Affirmations deck. Of course, you can get that on RageCreate.com. You can get it at Amazon. We just passed 150 reviews, average of like 4.8 on the rating, and that's just because a couple of weenies decided uh, to troll us with some ridiculous low reviews. But it's pretty amazing. If you don't have a deck like that, go check it out. It's just these quick hit, humorous cards that will make you laugh loudly and think deeply. Um, again, that's called Sweet Ass Affirmations. And yeah, let's get right into this this post. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stinkity stinkity riggity diggity beat. Yeah. Now, let me start at the very beginning. Down to that jam. Regardless of whether or not you've had freaky deaky entity, angel, or extraterrestrial interventions to help point your way through life, you have enough power inside of your mind to open up channels that will blast your ideas, your creativity, and your experiences to the motherfucking moon, baby. It doesn't have to come by eating five grams of psilocybin magic mushrooms and face planting in the fetal position naked in the middle of a forest during a rainstorm. Although it's easy to turn directly to drugs to create these mind-altering states, it's actually not necessary, right? I mean, it's true that psychedelic quote-unquote drugs or medicines have played a mega role in my life in opening me up to different planes of reality and experiences, and for a lot of different people too, which is why they're talked about so much. But as I've explained before, there are plenty of other ways to alter your state of consciousness and access different expansions of yourself. And using these substances isn't that necessary. It's not necessary at all. I am certainly not condoning the use of drugs to stimulate your creativity because, well, I think it all starts inside of you. I firmly believe that we all have an inward desire to break through the limitations of ordinary consciousness. We crave peak experiences and transcendence, regardless of whether or not we are getting those experiences with or without drugs, right? Are we getting them from from these different principles that I'm about to go through in this post, or are we getting them from ripping bongs and watching movies or dropping a large tab of LSD and going to get a spray tan? I don't know, but I'm telling you the, the, the bongs and the movies and the LSD and the spray tan, as exciting as that may sound, it's not, it's not necessary. And away from one of the more common practices of expanding your consciousness, which is meditation, most of us seem to believe that this transcendence has to come from some sort of external stimulation via the use of drugs most often. But the truth is, 
the external stimulation of the drugs doesn't actually contain the experience that it triggers. The high that you are experiencing is actually coming through you internally, and the drug is just helping you release that experience. We often believe that the chemicals and compounds and drugs are what create our highs, but these drugs are only activating the human nervous system to respond in a particular way, which is what actually causes you to feel high. I know it's easy to pop some MDMA suppositories up your tutor and quickly float into euphoria, but if you get that high, you got to come back down too. You got to come just as far back down. The upfront stimulation of the drug that you just shoved up your tutor is going to later be offset by the symptoms that are usually the complete opposite of that euphoria, like depression and mental clouding, lethargy, dependence. The more that you use a drug to induce a high state, the less effective that that drug is going to become. It's similar with any type of external stimulation. Like the first time you have sex with someone versus the 100th. If you aren't working on opening up internally to explore different positions and energies and connectivity and environments and intimacy and flavors within that sex, then the sex by itself will get boring pretty quickly. It will lose the high. Nobody wants to hump in the same position for the same amount of time over and over again. The climax starts to lose its zest. The high eventually becomes mundane. You see it with coffee and caffeine. I know people that can drink caf- like black coffee at 9 o'clock p.m. and still fall asleep. They don't know that they're not getting the deep sleep that their body needs. But the fact that their body can respond in that way says that there's something wrong there. You know, the zest, the bang of that caffeine is no longer affecting you. It's becoming mundane. If experimenting with drugs is your thing, then that's totally an avenue that you have the right to explore. I'm always transparent, and I've had euphoric and deep magical healing journeys with psilocybin and other psychedelics. And I've also ended up face down in a field with strangers throwing frisbees at my face while I tried to eat cigarettes instead of light them. You know, there's there's polar, <laughs> there's sides of polarity here. Even drinking a few glasses of wine has sometimes helped me drastically open up my writing pathway and connect my muse. But it usually doesn't last very long. My body starts to crave more and eventually I end up crashing and passing out without much creative work being accomplished. Plant medicines and psychedelics have guided me through so much trauma and I'm eternally grateful for the pathways that they help open up within my body. However... I am very serious about approaching these medicines in the right set and setting and making sure that my environment and the people helping facilitate are all working towards the greater good of healing internally and externally for the world. This is unbelievably important. When you use a drug or a medicine to open up your channels or to get high, you are opening up your channels to not only the good stuff, but the bad stuff too. And I cannot stress enough the importance of making sure that you are with the right people in the right place and fully protected from letting negative and harmful energies into your channels. But we can't ignore the fact that there are positive things that come along with the use of therapeutic and psychedelic drugs. 
which is why there have been all these recent studies coming out showing that they can be used to treat PTSD and depression and lifetime blockages of emotion, etc. But as I was saying, the main thing that I've learned from external drugs, mostly psychedelics and plant medicines, is that the power is already within us. The creativity that we long to make a relationship with in life is strapped to our souls and fueled into action by our physical bodies. The highest that we can ever get is simply within us, on our breath, without the need for external drugs. So how do you get high and access your ideas and your creativity and your expanded self without taking drugs? After my experience with breath work and and deep meditations and hypnotherapy and lucid dreaming, I started exploring all of the other ways that I could induce altered states of consciousness to help expand my mind and my creativity. And I want to share a handful of these methods with you in this podcast and on the blog at heatharmstrong.com forward slash get high so you can start exploring different avenues that can help you never stop peaking as well. In a safe way. Not all of these experiences are comfortably euphoric. And there are lessons and highs and even the harshest experiences and pains. There is something unique about non-ordinary experiences, whether they are pleasurable or terrifying. Oftentimes, the harshest situations in life are still lined with positive potential for growth and change. And I think this is why so many people find so much pleasure in doing these off-the-wall things, like BDSM, for instance. There is something that gets us really high when we are forced out of our comfort zones and out of control. But maybe the message that I'm trying to convey isn't that you need to constantly search for ways to get high, but more so realize that the traditional methods that you have been taught aren't actually reliable methods for staying high. What if you simply explored all the different pathways and joys inside of yourself from a focused perspective instead. Each of these methods that I'm going to share revolves around focusing on the awareness of a certain unusual sensation or experience foreign to your ordinary habits or patterns. Through each process, the practice of concentration on these sensations and experiences is vital to experience the quote-unquote high that is coming from you internally. It may seem weird or hard or uncomfortable at first, but trust in your dedication to expand yourself. There is so much magic that awaits. My goal here is to share a large palette of options so that you can continuously get high without depleting the experience by overusing a few routine methods. I want you to be expansive, but I want you to play the field. I'm going to share methods that are at least somewhat accessible as opposed to unplanned ones like near-death experiences or unplanned hallucinations or deja vu. While I, while I could write pages on each of these topics, I'm going to leave most of them to brief descriptions because I think that you have the ability to go out and explore these more. If you need connections to finding where you can learn more about these things, check the blog post. Also reach out to me. I'm at Heath Fist Pumps on Instagram. You can contact me through my website as well at heatharmstrong.com. And I'll try to help you connect the dots. 
And while I encourage you <laughs> to take a ride on your boyfriend Google's wang and explore whichever methods tickle your fantasies, I really want you just to get uncomfortable and spread your wings in every way possible. Explore freely at your own risk. And you know what? You'll be opening up channels to your higher self in no time. One little baby step at a time. Creativity will flow like the great motherfucking blood. What did Hunter S. Thompson say? You know it. You know it. When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. Let's jump into these methods. This is going to be the first part of ways to get high and alter your consciousness without drugs. Here we go. Okay, you can thank that glorious, glorious music selection. Uh, you can thank Matt Jaggers for that. Big fam number two. Great dude. Ways to get high and alter your consciousness without drugs. Number one, let's start with the basic basic, right? Which isn't so basic because it's kind of the foundation for everything. Meditation. Although there seems to be no ceiling for the intensity of this practice... The basic foundation of how to meditate is actually pretty simple. It can seem extreme, but it's actually pretty simple. Essentially, you're just chilling the fuck out. You're closing your eyes and you're quieting your mind. Thoughts, worries, ideas, fears, and oodles of other chatter from your mind are going to continuously flow in and try to disrupt your concentration. But your job is just to notice them and let them float by. Essentially like cleaning out a closet. You are clearing the clutter and making space for more beneficial thoughts, ideas, and focus points to start flowing through. In a world where we are all constantly distracted by immediate external stimulations. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Text messages constantly. right? Every time we try to focus on something. We get a message on our computer, on our phone, or the television catches our attention. Somebody interrupts you. You know, despite all of that, meditation is perhaps the most important practice that can be implemented in our lives to help change that. Of course, there are endless ways to practice meditation. It's not that complicated, as I've said. From taking five deep breaths... Literally, five deep breaths. Just do that. Take five deep breaths right now. Pause it. Take five deep breaths while I'm talking. See how it makes you feel. From something as simple as taking five deep breaths to uh, something extreme like, say, a silent Vipassana retreat. You know, basically, that's when you go for like, I think it's 11 days maybe, 
and you're silent the whole time and you do this meditation the whole time, that is how you really learn stuff about your body and your mind, right? So from taking five deep breaths to something like a silent Vipassana retreat to living in a fucking cave with a monk for 30 years, there's lots of steps here. You can play meditation games to build your awareness. You can pause, take 10 big breaths whenever you see a yellow car. I've done that before. Like literally pick out a certain color car and start to build the habit that every time you see that certain color car, I say do something like yellow because it's way less often and it's more noticeable than like, you know, a billion white cars coming by unless you want to do it that way. Every time you see a yellow car, pause, take 10 big breaths and just repeat, I love you over and over again under your breath. What can that do for you? You can make it really simple too. Every time you see a flower, just repeat, I love you to yourself, like a mantra. Every time you see a bloomed flower, there's all these little things that you can do that are different forms of meditation. And I am certain that if I never started meditating meditating, meditating in 2014, I wouldn't be here conveying this message to you right now. It's a habit that you can consistently build on and grow with for the rest of your life. And each step will unlock more powers in your journey. The more you meditate, the higher you're going to get. And there's a nice Zen proverb that I love. It's, if you don't have time to meditate for an hour every day, you should meditate for two hours. (laughs) Go download the uh, Insight Meditation Timer. I've got that listed in the blog post at heatharmshow.com forward slash get high. This app is phenomenal. You can add me as a friend on there. But there are so many free meditations, binarial beats, meditation music, whatever you like. Just take five minutes a day to throw your headphones on and listen to something on there. It'll track it. It'll keep your streaks. Then you can go streaking naked down your neighborhood street in celebration of all your progress. If you get arrested, you can meditate inside the prison until somebody comes and bails you out. And when your partner is bitching at you the whole ride home, you can meditate in the car So that that doesn't bother you. And then when you get home and your child's looking at you and they're disappointed that you went to jail for running naked through the street, you can meditate and it's not going to bother you. (laughs) Okay, maybe not that much, but you should be practicing it because it can be a super tool in every every, um, aspect of life. Moving on, number two, sound baths, a.k.a instruments and singing bowls and crystal pyramids, etc. No matter how many kinky experiences or brilliant ideas you've engaged with in your normal hot bubble bath, (laughs) if you haven't taken a sound bath, then baby, you have not lived. The idea of a sound bath is sort of like a meditation mixed with various ambient sounds. These sounds can all be notes at different frequencies say 432 hertz or 440 hertz, which can be much more intense than normal everyday sounds that hit your ears. Usually somebody who is conducting a sound bath, whether it be a fairy or an alien or your smelly neighbor Bob, usually they're going to play a variety of different powerful and meditative instruments like Tibetan or crystal singing bowls. I've got crystal singing bowls myself. They're phenomenal. 
Uh, blows my head off every fucking time I use them. Gongs, crystal pyramids, didgeridoos, flutes, chimes, tuning forks, buffalo hide drums, maracas, harps. Fucking harps are amazing. That's like a life dream to get one of those. And most of the time in these ceremonies, it's common to lay kind of flat on your back with your head closest to the instruments and allow all of the sound to bathe you with these vibrations while you drift into a meditative uh, sort of lucid dreaming or, or even a sleep state. Falling asleep is perfectly okay because this is doing work on you. And these states can feel really trance-like and most definitely is going to alter your state of consciousness. The energy and the frequency of the sound is believed to break up negative emotional blocks and also increase balance and peace internally. If you open up your browser and you search for studies with sound therapy or something like that, you'll find that sound baths have really a remarkable amount of health and healing benefits, including a huge reduction in stress. And personally, I've broken through some serious mega metaphysical or mega physical, mega physical, spiritual, and creative blockages within sound baths, especially in combination with breath work, which we're going to get to next. But I become so fancy with sound therapy and the way that it has shaped my journey that I actually invested in the crystal bowls that I told you about. I got some crystal pyramids. And now I'm starting to collect a various amount of different instruments that all sound amazing when they come together in unison. And it's really, really, really cool to get together with a group of friends and everybody pick up one of these instruments. Most of them, you don't have to, you don't have to like spend your entire life learning it like a piano, right? You can actually pick these up and really start playing them and feeling them out immediately. That's what makes it so beautiful. So find someone and start playing with this stuff. Touch yourself. (laughs) So if you decide to go by your alias that we all know you have, Peeping Tom, and you end up gazing through my window, you may catch me in the future in solid gold bell-bottom pants, covered in glitter, chanting abundance mantras and ohms, and softly caressing my bowls until the heavens relocate abundance throughout my universe. If you're thinking this smells a little bit cheesy, maybe you should go take a fucking bath, you big smelly goose. Do it. Sound baths are amazing. Just find, there might, if you're in a city at all, of any size, you may be able to find someone through Facebook or something that does sound baths. Go check them out. Go check them out. If not, get a bowl off the internet and start playing it. It's remarkable. Get on get on YouTube and just watch some videos of sound baths. It's amazing what it can do for you. Breath work. Ooh-wee. I have an extreme, extreme story with breath work changing my life on a very elaborate and magical level. And that came from this two-hour experience of being on a platform suspended over the jungle on the Pacific Ocean in Nicaragua with 75 unbelievable humans and aliens and angels and fairies and all of the alike, very beautiful, creative people. And in this two-hour breath work, I went through a very traumatic, really like traumatic cleansing uh, trance 
that shifted something drastically in my physical body. Because when I came out of this breath work, no shit, I immediately had reactions that I had the complete opposite of my whole life. I wasn't able to eat spicy food and I wasn't able to drink carbonated beverages my entire life because it would absolutely destroy me. I mean, my tongue would get swollen from eating spicy things immediately just upon touching them. I had to go mild. I couldn't drink carbonation because I felt like there was a golf ball stuck in my throat for hours afterwards. But in this two-hour breathwork ceremony, something pretty fucking amazing happened. I shifted everything because when I came out of it and we went to the dinner on the beach... They were like, well, we have all these, there were these incredible chefs there. They were like, we have all these different dishes here, you know, come serve yourself, but be careful for this one because it's really spicy. And I was like, huh, for some reason, I just really kind of want to try spicy. I'm craving it. And I got some and I sat down at my table and I had all this other food too, but people started eating the spicy food around me and like freaking out because it was so hot, like drinking their water and talking about it. And I took a bite, and I didn't feel anything. I thought it tasted good. It had a little bit of a kick, but it didn't affect me, really. And they continued to struggle with it, and I continued to eat it, and nothing was happening. <laughs> it was crazy. And to this day, I can eat the spiciest food, and it's, it's, um, it's quite magical. Something that switched in this amount of pressure and breath that was coming through my body. On top of that, I was able to start drinking carbonation without any problem either. And after a lifetime of not being able to burp ever, I literally used to have to stick my hands down my throat just to get gas to come out of my stomach. So my whole life, I I thought it was normal to feel like you had all this pressure in your body after you got done eating. It, It isn't. And the amount of misery that that made me feel, I would then basically, you know, I would put that misery onto other people around me because I felt so bad. No one wants to be around people that are complaining, but like I felt all that pain. And so I would complain and then people around me would start to feel negative or bad because energy is infectious, right? I didn't realize you weren't supposed to feel that way. After this breath work, I started to be able to burp and it's unbelievable. I can eat food that's spicy. I can drink carbonation. I can burp and I don't feel like I'm dying at all after I eat. That all happened because of breath work. So, Every day, I make it a goal to do about three to five minutes minimum of deep breathing, usually following Wim Hof's simple breathing practices, which you can get by downloading his app. Just look up the Wim Hof app. He's got all these amazing practices that you can start right now. If you have never done breathwork before, if you've never heard of it, you can do it. I'll also link it in the blog post. So Within the breathing practice that you're doing, you will elevate the level of oxygen in your body, which can reduce stress and increase energy. And I also believe there is a universal agreement that the breath is pretty fucking important. So how could it not be powerful? Right? I also encourage you to search locally for yoga or meditation studios that offer deep breathing classes. The energy of being around others who are also pushing deep into the practice can help you push beyond your limitations as well. And who knows, maybe you'll even stumble across a breathwork slash sound bath meditation. 
If you are already somewhat familiar with deep breathing and meditation and want to explore a gnarly guided meditation at home that will rock your fucking world, check out Dakota Earth Cloud's Rise of the Phoenix Guided Breathwork Meditation, which is linked in the blog post as well. You can also find that by searching YouTube. Dakota Earth Cloud Rise of the Phoenix Guided Breathwork Meditation. Okay. Let's move into the next one. Singular concentration. This is really just a building block of meditation. And it might seem a little bit boring, but it can really bring an altered experience when approaching it with dedication. The idea of singular concentration is to focus on one thing with your eyes open for an extended period of time. A really long period of time until it starts to feel weird. By doing this, you may notice that the thing you are focusing on starts to warp and you start getting the heebie-jeebies a little bit. Maybe creative thoughts start coming through your head. Maybe all of your perception just starts to come in and out in a weird way. So, for example, try staring into your own eye in the bathroom mirror for three minutes. Set a timer and don't look away until it's done. Get close and just stare into your own eye. Watch it. It's it's fucking gnarly. (laughs) Really. Or go outside and stare at a flower bloom for five minutes. Just just stare at it and say thank you and wonder about it and talk to it. But really, just look at the same spot for five minutes of these colors. The colors will start to shift a little bit. The energy you're feeling in your body starts to shift. Your mind will most likely wander at first, but try and keep your attention focused as you would with any type of simple meditation. And then you can expand this practice to anything you want, as really any object can be a direct focus of this practice. Please, like... Don't try to make it a stranger's private parts in public or anything like that. I don't want you to end up as the object being stared at by Big Earl in the county jail. (laughs) Ah. Singular concentration. Try it out. Something you can do all the time, and it can open up different pathways, creative juices, thoughts in your head. Sensory deprivation tanks. Yeah. That's the fourth one. Float tank, maybe, is something you know them more by. If you haven't heard of a float tank or a sensory deprivation tank, it's kind of like a giant covered bathtub chamber that provides sort of a soundless, lightless environment. The water is set to body temperature, and it's concentrated with Epsom salt so that you will not sink, but instead you float on top of the water. And basically, you float on your back in a black, nothingless type of environment with no sound or lights to deprive the experience of your senses. And it is set to mock sort of what it would be like to be floating in the womb or floating in a dark space, you know, infinite space, perhaps. It's common to lose touch with time while in these tanks, as 90 minutes can sometimes feel like hours. I have been in float tank places before where people started like freaking the fuck out and like yelling, like, how long has it been? And like someone comes in and they're like, yeah, you've been in there for like 10 minutes, dude, chill out. They're like, I can't go back in there. You know, like some people just lose complete sense of reality. So sometimes it can take, it warps time in a weird way. 
Um, but if you practice meditation a lot, it's kind of easy to dial into how long you've been in there. It is for me at least. And yeah, uh, it can feel pretty fucking trippy. It can be really expansive. It can take you places. There's no doubt about that. When you're floating on the water in pitch dark, you start to hallucinate a little bit. It's a, it's a really interesting, unique experience that not only is great for mental expansion, but also for the physical body, right? It's not only going to help you drift deeply into a safe, relaxing meditation that can feel very out of this world, but it's going to allow you to absorb the magnesium through your skin that's inside of all the Epsom salts, which has incredible health benefits because most of us, our number one deficiency is magnesium. And sometimes the tanks even have super trippy strobe lights if you really want to get high and fuck with your brain. Uh, I don't usually use those because I think that your mind and brain can start creating all these different patterns and colors just by being in the pitch dark. Darkness becomes all color and all light when you're in it for long enough. And you'll experience that. So go check out sensory deprivation tanks. Really fucking cool. It is likely that if you're in a city, you can find someone that has them now. But... If you're not, you know, you could probably find one within a couple hours driving maybe. Next time you're in a city, maybe go out of your way to make an appointment and check something out. Because they're really, really cool. Float tanks, A-plus, baby. A-plus for your sweet little butt cheeks. All right. Number five, skydiving. This is pretty straightforward. And I know it's not for everyone. But I'm sharing it because it's an obvious rush that will blow your adrenaline out of your crown chakra and straight to the heavens. You know, my entire life I was afraid of heights. And I used to have these reoccurring dreams of myself falling off cliffs when I was little. And although I do love climbing mountains now, there seems to be something very different about an edge with a sudden drop off that makes me squeeze my butt cheeks and run. When I was turning 30, I was surprised by my girlfriend at the time. And I was driven straight to a skydiving center without warning. You see, she knew that I wouldn't do it if I had the option. So she didn't give me the option. And when we pulled up, my body just slowly started shutting itself down in this weird panic state, just just comprehending, you know, the movement into it. And honestly, I'm not sure if the preparation in the plane flight with the door open up to 20,000 feet was more trippy. I mean, literally, they threw us in this... It was all this preparation, but like, then I got inside of this plane, the door is open and you're just kind of laying next to this open door as you take off in a plane and you go up to 20,000 feet. I'm not sure if that was more trippy or if it was the actual free fall from the experience. My body literally just shut me down. I felt practically paralyzed all the way up. And my tandem instructor gave me a few jobs, all of which I completely ignored as I felt 100% sedated, like somebody just juiced me up with something. I remember falling, and I remember the unbelievable adrenaline rush that took over my mind and my body, and when the parachute was pulled, I couldn't even talk. It was almost like I I went through a stage of near passing out. I'm not sure. Um, I haven't been back since I did it, but I would do it 100 times again after experiencing the rush involved and the expansion of my mind. It was fucking gnarly. It was crazy. Truly an altered state of consciousness that'll rock your world if you do it. I know a lot of people that have high rush lifestyles, like, you know, sur- surgeons, perhaps, 
also have hobbies that are kind of high rush to bring their adrenaline up to the point that they get of what they do when they're working. So you see a lot of them doing things like skydiving a lot, but for you just to do it once, it could really open up and expand your mind creatively in ways that you won't expect. Even if you're scared shitless of it, I, I really suggest that you do it. Um, you know, everything that you've ever wished for is, is lying on the other side of your comfort zone. When you start pushing yourself over that edge, that's when expansion happens. This is obviously an extreme case of what you can do to push yourself over the edge. But when you do that extreme thing, then all the other things that you used to be scared of don't seem that extreme anymore. And you do them too. So get on it. Number six. And the last one that we're going to cover for this podcast today, because we have two more episodes that you can check out. If you go to the feed, you can look at part two and three if they're out after this. Uh, Number six is sex. And obviously... Sex is a quick, direct method to alter your state of consciousness and to get high. But whatever kind of sex you are having now, if any, it can always be explored on a deeper level. The deepest sex that you've ever had can be explored on a deeper level. Because of how much shame has been splashed into the world over the act of sex or sexual preference or public displays of affection, it can be really hard to express what truly intrigues and excites you within a relationship. We feel shame. We feel embarrassed. Whether you're into vanilla missionary, you know, bonanzas, or bondage, or role-playing, or swinging, or golden showers, or squirting fests, or running a pound-town pain train bang session out in the woods, you have the right to be into it, and you should feel free to explore it safely without criticism. Sexual energy is remarkable. And if you want to really, truly, deeply, truly, madly, deeply, Savage Garden style, if you want to truly, madly, deeply explore, you can do it safely without criticism. You really can. Sexual energy is remarkable. If you want to truly, madly, deeply, saying it again because of Savage Garden, you can do that without criticism. There are deep highs waiting within the entire sexual journey, not just the release of the orgasm. Tantric practices and prolonged sex and authentic relating and full-body foreplay, all of these things can establish robust, intimate connections capable of channeling the most potent of sexual energies which can lead to an extremely divine connection with you and your partner as well, or partners or whatever you're into. So now I will leave you with one quick action for the night. That is to take off your pants right now. I'm Heath Armstrong. This is Never Stop Peaking. Check back for part two and three. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on Amazon Music, uh, Stitcher, all of them. You can find all the links at heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. You can get this blog post at heatharmstrong.com forward slash get high. And we'll get into all of the rest of these in part two and three, starting with alternative masturbation methods. Ha <laughs> ha. So don't miss that. 
and I hope you have a wonderful, deeply expansive night. Ta-ta! There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smiles that will assemble with our minds and sell to Earth. everybody, this is Todd. I hope you enjoyed that kinky little episode that included so many kinky things, especially the sexual part. I'm really excited to listen to Heath get into the alternative masturbation techniques. Maybe you can take some of these things into account and go find yourself a little plane and jump out of it. And maybe you'll land in the backyard of somebody that's just happy to have a, a super kinky sound bath breath work and you might be able to just roll around and and touch all of the beautiful bodies around you maybe pour a little crisco oil all over their nipples and start licking it off and then yeah end up in that jail cell with big earl who might just be a little bit more pleasing than you think (laughs) ask me how i know i gotta get out of here boys and girls but I appreciate you listening. I know Heath does. Again, all the show notes, heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. And all of the blog for this can be found at heatharmstrong.com forward slash get high. And that's it. Ta-ta, folks.